I mean, maybe it's just as good as a Taylor single barrel. Maybe. Doubt it. Jake, do you have any of that in the back? No. Okay, darn. And even if I did, I couldn't answer that on (laughs) a recorded session. (laughs) A podcast about bourbon and the ones who drink it. This is Bourbon Matters. Welcome to Bourbon Matters. I'm Jake. I'm Dan. And I am Jake number two. And uh, tonight we are drinking Fresh Pops. Speaking Um, of, I need to. These are uh, brand new bottles that we're trying. Uh, I think me and Dan are trying things for the first time. Yeah, Jake's got that old Forester that he picked up over the weekend. Yeah, I was just down in Kentucky this past weekend doing a couple picks, and one of them was at Old Forester, and they thankfully set aside some of the 117 Warehouse H for us. Nice. So yeah, I guess mm-hmm. all three of us are drinking this for the first time. I did try it. Wink, wink. Somebody else, somebody else popped one open, and I I tried it, but yeah, that was also after. Uh, a bunch of other pours, so I'm gonna kind of try it on more of a fresh palate today. Yeah, Jake gave me a, a sample the other day, so I'm I'm gonna try it too. Is anyone else using a railroad spike knife to open their bottle of whiskey up, or is that just me? <laughs> no, it's just, no, it's just you. Okay, all right. I didn't know if you guys are all cool like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't have a very good pop on it. That was kind of disappointing. No, it was pretty good. It sounded good. Yeah, it was all right. So, Jake, what were you all doing? Where were you all at down in Kentucky and make us jealous and hate you some more? Um, Yeah, so really the real reason or main reason why we went down is because one of my buddies who I met through the Adventures Club Bourbon Society, uh, Paul, is part of a motorcycle firefighter group. Um, And, of course, a lot of firefighters and motorcycle people are also into bourbon. Um, so they did a Woodenville pick with us last year, which, uh, I was, I was a little, maybe a little hesitant about just because it's kind of a under the radar brand that not many people know about, um, and committing to take on a whole barrel's worth, um, you know, just on a good friend's word, but they ended up buying all the bottles and limit one selling it out through their club. And uh, this year they wanted to do something a little more mainstream. So I suggested the Maker's Mark Private Select Program because that I feel is the most hands-on and interesting and fun uh, barrel pick experience that I've ever been on, being able to create your own blend. Um, And of course, Maker's Mark is a brand that everybody knows. Um, Anyone who drinks knows Maker's Mark. Um, So we got to go down there and... That was my first pick at Maker's Mark Distillery. We've done about six or seven private selects at our store where Maker's has come out to the store to do the process. Um, And I probably will never do it at the store again. That experience was second to none. Um, We we got an Airbnb like out in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, like through the hills, lost connection and service and got lost multiple times um, within like a half hour of the Airbnb. 
Um, that was a part of Kentucky I've never been to or experienced before. So that was cool. Um, and then they, they got us a bus to pick us up the Airbnb, take us to the distillery, um, gave us a tour, got us cocktails, uh, gave us lunch at their restaurant, which isn't really open to the public. Uh, so that was super cool to go through that whole process. Um, but really, uh, it's, it's a challenging process to do that maker's private select. Um, there's a lot of palate fatigue involved because there's a lot of tasting and blending. And um, we happen to get it, um, get a, get actually a really good blend on the fifth try. Um, but that was mostly because we spent the entire night before with 15 or 20 bottles of maker's private selects and <laughs> tasting and kind of doing our own blends, um, and figuring out a base on where to start when we got to the distillery. But, uh, it was super cool because the first four blends we created, everyone kind of looked around and just, meh, you know, not, nothing, nothing's really changing too much. Nothing's really popping out. And then once we hit that fifth blend, it was like all of a sudden, holy shit, like we just created the perfect maker's private select. Um, and everyone knew it at the same time, which is the coolest thing to look for um, when you're doing a barrel pick is just that moment when the light bulb shines and everyone looks at each other like, yeah, we got it. So nice. I've actually had the Woodenville pick that you spoke of. Oh, have you the uh, Fire and Iron? Mm-hmm. One of think? the the pretty good. I, I'm not a big and fan of Woodenville. I I didn't. Oh, I tried it. So one of the mm -hmm. farmers at Whiskey Acres is a firefighter and in a mm -hmm. motorcycle club. And a while ago, he gave he came in with a bottle of Woodenville and said that his motorcycle club or whatever had gotten a pick. And I'm pretty sure it must be that one. Yeah, yeah. How many other motorcycle firefighter clubs are there? Yeah, I was figuring and that that did a Woodenville barrel pick. I'm guessing it's pretty small. And I mean, this is this club is super legit. Um, they're I don't want to misspeak, but um, officially licensed uh, something, and they had to get it approved uh, like by their lawyers for us to even be able to sell it with their mm -hmm. name on it. Um, so everything's like super locked down with copyright issues and whatnot with their name. And what happened was it originally, the Woodville pick originally got shipped to the wrong store and the store posted it on social media and said, Hey, we got this pick. We don't know how we got it, but it's now for sale. And I found out about that because the guy, Paul called me, this was a Saturday morning. He's like, Hey, so-and-so store in the middle of nowhere selling our pick. And I, you know, it's Saturday. So all the distributors and reps, like they're off for the weekend. Um, and I'm like, well, damn, like, I don't, I don't really know what to tell you. Um, I, I'm going to try and make some phone calls, but I, I don't know what to do here. Um, and then apparently their lawyer called the store um, and threatened to be there Monday morning, like with the cops. Um, cause like, this is an officially copyrighted name and you're not allowed to sell oh, it, wow. um, without yes. our permission. And then the guy immediately took down the post, pulled all the bottles back, um, that Monday returned them to the distributor and then got them transferred over to us. So a cool, cool story, some little yeah. behind the scenes stuff that, you know, nobody really thinks about when they're thinking about bourbon and single barrel picks and whatnot, but nice. When you were talking about the Airbnb out in the middle of nowhere in Kentucky, that's that's the way we did our trip last year too, and that's I think the mm -hmm. best way to experience that down there. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, did you have to? Did your place require you to drive 
over or through a creek to get to your house? Uh, I'm sure <laughs> probably through a bunch of creeks. <laughs> we the bus wouldn't come pick us up because they wouldn't drive through oh, the creek really? to get to us. Yeah, it was a gravel road, and then it was just creek. Wow. <laughs> well, it was yeah. It was like a quarter inch of water over some pavement. It wasn't paved. It was it was rock, but the the worst part was the majority of the group got there when it was pitch black outside, so they had to navigate yeah, through this no, narrow gravel road. That was us. Um, <laughs> thankfully, two of the guys found the place, and it took everyone to like a different address down the street. Which the same thing happened to our bus driver in the middle of the day. He's like, "Hey, I'm here," and we're like, "We don't see you out here." Um, and it was like their own, like five acre property. So there was not really many other houses around. They had their own little pond and little boat that we could use. Um, so this was like true backyards of Kentucky. And I was telling my dad today, like I've been to Kentucky probably eight or 10 times now, and I've never seen that part of Kentucky, like just straight out in the hills, like middle of nowhere, you get yeah. your mansions and then you get your crumbled shacks like next yeah, door it's, neighbors it's a massive multi-million dollar horse farm multi-billion yeah. dollar horse farm and then a dilapidated building that's barely mm-hmm. standing up man you feel like you're in another country almost at that point but yeah uh, but yeah that was cool we all we all kind of got lost on the way there it was dark um one of the guys was at the neighbor's driveway like calling everyone saying he's here like he's about to go in and (laughs) thankfully we caught him in time because it was definitely the wrong house nice nice so besides well i gotta i I haven't been to makers that's one i want to go to plus they got my barrel with with my name on it Mm. down there since you know i'm a brand ambassador for them because it's the hard process to become a brand ambassador yeah Uh, makers is what I call the Disneyland for bourbon. Uh, it's, it's by far the most beautiful campus I've seen. And right up there with makers would definitely be uh, castle and key. And then probably will it for me for top three, um, distilleries to visit. Um, the, the property at makers just absolutely gorgeous. And, uh, they're, they're kind of redoing it. Um, so when you walk up, it looks like it's all under construction, uh, and the restaurant is not really open to the public, but they did have a new bar area that I didn't, that wasn't there when I was there a couple of years ago. Um, so that was very cool to be able to just grab a cocktail and really good cocktails there too, um, and walk around and check out the grounds that way. Nice. nice. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a fun trip. Thanks for the invite. Um, yeah, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nice. So you were able to get the, well, you're at, so tell us a little bit about when you're at Old Forester then. Uh, so Old Forester was cool because this was, this was the third pick that we've done at Old Forester. Um, but the first one that we've been able to do in the actual Rick house, um, they've kind of had like different construction things going on when we've been there in the past. So, uh, this pick was in that downtown Louisville uh, Rick House, um, being surrounded by all the barrels and then all the tours that were going on, kind of walk right past you. Mm. Um, and same thing at Makers, uh, which was cool. Makers, one of the biggest thing I noticed with Makers is like they're running like a factory, like tours, like every two minutes there's a new tour rolling through. Um, and they can they all were like peeking in and 
looking at what we were doing and it, it was cool because I've done that tour before and have thought like, wow, this would be a bucket list moment to do a pick in this room at Maker's yeah. Mark. Um, but yeah, no, the old Forcer experience was great. Um, we ran into, uh, Melissa, who's their new master taster. Um, I kind of gave her some crap for losing our bullet barrel because she used to be the manager of the single barrel program at bullet. Mm. Um, and they lost our barrel there. And it was funny because I, I told her, I was like, yeah, you remember us? We came through, uh, they kind of screwed up our appointment time. So like, she didn't really know we were coming, but she fit us in. Um, and she's awesome. But then I was like, yeah. And then they lost our barrel and she's like, ah, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently there's some issues going on over there at bullet, but, uh, it is what it is. Yeah. When you're, I don't know, it's, it, it's, it's surprising that that doesn't happen more often, especially as much whiskey is going through some of these places on a day to day basis anymore. Like I don't know. Barrels. I mean, it, it is, but it isn't because how, like when someone says they want this barrel, how hard is it to go slap a sticker on it or whatever and say, this is, this barrel's taken. We just sold this whole thing. We don't need to yeah. dump it into a blend or resell it, it to another group. In, like computerized warehouse. Yeah. And especially you know, bullet bullet is a hundred percent computerized. Um, yeah. so that she should be able to just click a button on the laptop and just say, all right, this barrel is marked for gold Eagle. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like you would think, I can see both sides, I guess, because there, there are a lot of picks going through there. Um, but also bullet picks are only at the distillery. So how, how hard is it? You know, if yeah. I could see if they were sending out samples to the market and there's samples barrels, out, they didn't know it. Yeah. Barrels got doubled up or there's yeah. just too much going on, but like picks are only at the distillery and you have to deal with one person, their single barrel coordinator. So I don't know. Yeah. I could see it getting dumped on accident. And then mm -hmm. they just tell you, uh, we don't know where it is. Yeah, that's 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 the only. It's either that or somebody else tasted it and picked it, and they accidentally threw you know the sample back in the mix. Yeah, um, I don't really see any other way it could happen. Or or option three, and Jake, you're a business owner, so you don't need to react to this. But as a former person that hired a lot of people. Sometimes the workforce isn't the greatest these days. <laughs> no, yeah, but it, but that that kind of goes under dumping it, you know. Yeah, yeah. They might have just not really paid attention, grabbed it, dumped it into a batch, and that was that. Yeah. Nice. Well, so we decided tonight it's all like Jake said. First, fresh pops on some things we've never really tried or sat down with our own bottle of before. Um. Jake R, you want to go start, kind of go through what you're, what you have tonight? Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm drinking uh, Kings County Distillery Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Uh, it's 90 proof. Um, it's kind of got a cool, like old school bottle. Um, yeah. No, it's like a medicinal. I got it. Um, it, lo it just looks really cool. Um, Branding works. Um, yeah, branding works confirmed. Um, they they actually put the um, the mash bill on the bottle, which I appreciate. It's eighty percent New York corn and twenty percent UK malt, so no rye, uh, which is interesting. And it's at least three years old. Um, 
So like I said, it's in Brooklyn. Um, they're located in the Brooklyn Naval Yard, which is, sounds kind of cool. Hmm. Um, I don't know if I'll ever go there because I kind of hate New York City. But <laughs> hmm. um, if I ever found myself there, I'd probably stumble into this place because uh, it, it sounds like it's really historic and, and cool. Um, so it it's fairly dark for uh, possibly younger whiskey. And I just spilled on my keyboard. Um, <laughs> this is so, supposed to be your first time drinking it, Jake. You're not supposed to be drinking it the last two hours. <laughs> he was drinking the something nose, else. Don't worry. It's pretty nice. Um, I just sneezed, like, before I jumped on to record, I sneezed for like 10 straight minutes. So, like, I'm not getting. <laughs> well, the sinuses should what, be clear uh, then. How it's old like, is it? Um, it's about. It says at least three years, so it's probably somewhere in the lower end. I would Do guess. you know anything about the barrel or the char? No. Um, based on the color, I would guess that it's probably a higher char level, though. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah, I was gonna say it looks. This it is looks way dark, dark for a three mm-hmm. or four year old. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd be guessing like at least a four, unless it's like a smaller barrel. I get, I'm getting like um, very like oaky notes on the nose. <clears throat> Where'd you get it? Uh, I cannot remember for the life. <laughs> I was gonna say, just don't say the B word. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to spare you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just um, wondering actually, if it's uh, I, was I it in Illinois? Yeah, I don't think I actually okay. got it from from Benny's. Um, I th- don't say it. I don't know. Just by saying it, you gave them publicity, Jake. Yeah, no, it, no profanity on this podcast. <laughs> Wherever I found it, though, I I don't see it very often. Um, at least not not. I was I I've never I've never heard of it. I've never had anyone present it to us. Um, the bottle looks for sure something unique uh i would 100 percent remember it if i have seen yeah. that before but i don't know the name kind of sounds familiar but it might just be with all the king ranch and king of kentucky and yeah different kings that are out there um one of the guys from uh two dads no clue went there somewhat recently i think um, a texas guy in new york city yeah <laughs> I mean, it, it's not bad. I'm, I'm, I kind of like it. So not bad usually means, eh, nah. mediocre. It's not a buy. It's what I'm getting out of it is it's not going to be a buy again for you. Well, I don't know. Like, it has a lot of the flavors that I look for. Those like deeper, darker kind of notes. Um, I'm getting a lot of like the, uh, the char definitely comes through. Um, I'm getting some like kind of like those stone fruit kind of notes, like the like some like the really dark red cherry and like um maybe some plum or like something like that, maybe like fig. Um it's pretty good actually. I'll I'll upgrade to pretty good. <laughs> Got peer pressure into it. 
we'll take that. <laughs> yeah. It's he he caves easy. Jake, if you haven't hung out with him enough, he caves easy to peer pressure. It's not that, not that <laughs> difficult. I, I would recommend it. As as my final verdict on it. What That's was good. what's the price point on that, dude? Did, did you say? Um, it was definitely under like sixty bucks. I I think it was even under fifty. Okay. Um, let me check that real quick. Is that a seven fifty milliliter? Yeah, it is. It looked kind of small when you held it up. Jake's got big hands. You got a problem with that? No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's a seven fifty. It's just like a. I mean, it looks like a pint. Yeah, kind of. It looks like a little. I, I, I think it's because I think it's deep. Just the shape right? of the it's, bottle. Yeah, the, the shape of the it bottle. Look, the front profile looks. looks like, yeah, it, it's. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a little. It's, like, it's, it it's is, uh, it the Woodford look. bottles are so thin when you look at them from the side profile, but that had a pretty wide side profile. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was girthy. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking, Dan? I am drinking. I just cracked it. I've had a Isaac Bowman port finish before, which I thought was okay. Nothing special. This is a John J. Bowman single barrel out of the A. Smith Boeing distillery out of Virginia. I looked, I didn't know too much about them uh, when I bought it. Um, I was at my boy Sam's place over the weekend and he let me take a stag from the store with him with me. So I decided I'd buy something else for him since he did that for me. Um, so I took he the John Jay Bowman. Shelf? No, no, he, he hides things, but like, I know where most of the spots was, but I are where he hides most of the stuff, but this was in a new spot. Like the last couple of times we've had stuff in different spots and I've tracked him down. And then I was, I'll say, Sam, what about what's going on with that stag? And he gave me a look and I knew I was walking out with the stag, but what do you, what do you guys like? What do you honestly think about hiding things in a store like that? So he does it. I mean, he, some of the, like some of the stuff that he hides, like he has his tailors, his Eagle rares, his Blantons hidden. He's got a bar too, but they're like down to the left of the bar. So you can always like, if you're looking around, you'll see them. And I and think they're the just like behind other bottles or no nah, this this one was the stag was hidden behind other bottles um those are we he talking like those junior or george t uh Ju well not junior anymore even though it's 18. not junior anymore yeah stag yeah, 18 okay. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah uh this year's he he puts some of that stuff out just because he wants people to be able to see it if they're looking around for it because he'll talk about the guys that are coming in there that they'll see the Blantons down in the corner, kind of hidden, and they'll offer him big money for it. And he's like, no, nope, that's all right. I'll sell it to the people that come here all the time. So it's more of just a kind of a slap in the face for the people that are trying gotcha. to find that. So it's not, like, it's not like you find it and you get to buy it. It's just kind of... Yeah. He's, yeah, he's kind of flexing like, that it's he there. People, he gets people all the time that just walk up to the register and don't even like walk through the bourbon aisle and just say like, oh, you got Blantons. Oh, we get, like, I mean, we get that like, too. Yeah. Was, he, yeah. He, he gets yeah. that all the time. And I think that's more his thing of like, he's like, people will come in and say, they'll give him two, two fifty for that bottle. And he'll be like, yeah. no, I sell it to, to my regulars for this price. Become a regular and I'll sell you one. Yeah. And, uh, the new thing is, uh, I can't tell you how many people lately we, we get that just walk in and they're like, Hey, you got anything allocated? Oh. And I, I mean, the, I, I, yeah, the, the, I love like, kind of messing with those guys like you know 
yeah, half this shelf, half our store is allocated. <laughs> yeah. What you really, should do is you want me to really go point out like what we can't order and what we can because like half the shelf and this whole barrel pick shelf that's all allocated. You'll never get that anywhere else. You can only get that here, and we can't order more of it. What you need to do is just store some like bottles that have been sitting on the shelf forever that haven't moved. Store them in the back. And then people come in and ask if they can get some of the back and just walk out and be like, well, we got this. Yeah, Yeah, super rare. We only got three bottles. That's not a bad idea. Honestly, we should do that. (laughs) You're welcome for that idea. Yeah. Um, Yeah, By the way, I lied about this. It's uh, somewhere between like 60 and 70 bucks, it seems like. Okay. Um, But yeah, anyways, he kind of had that. He always, he plays a game with you. It's fun. Uh, but mm-hmm. I got the stag. I went there. I wanted to get my every year. I get the Woodford uh, Kentucky Derby bottle. So I'm like, if I'm going to buy it, I'm going to buy it from my guy. And then I got the stag. And then I decided to leave with this after I he had it sitting out, um, not on the shelf, but out on his counter. Um, did some research into it. So a Smith Boeing is out of Virginia. And everything's kind of weird. So the bottle for the single barrel for Bowman changed this year with this nice green label on it. Um, in the past, it was just a printed on thing that's in single barrel. Um, they don't disclose too much information. So they're a distillery with two different stills. They have whiskey, gin, brandy, and rum. But from everything that you basically read on the internet is their, their whiskey is Buffalo Trace Mash. Sazerac owns them. And the whiskey is Buffalo Trace Mash Bill 1, twice distilled at buffalo trace then it's shipped to their distillery in virginia they distill it a third time and then age it there that's kind of what people are saying which is weird that they have their own stills and do their own distillations and they aren't doing their own whiskey so i'm not sure if that's true or not um contract for anybody maybe i don't think so their website's small it's not the greatest um it doesn't give you too much information Uh, it gives some of the history of the bowman family but other than that it's not Anything out. I mean, Sazerac has on the Sazerac website, it does show all the Bowman products on there. So Sazerac's not shying away from the fact that they own it. Um, I don't know if they're still sourcing the whiskey from Buffalo Trace or not. Um, What's but, the um, significance of the Bowmans? It's a really old, old family name. Um, there are a lot of them were like, so the distillery started in the 1800s. In the 1700s, there was a lot of Bowmans that were generals and uh, people in the military. Uh-huh. Um, the John J. Bowman uh, was one of the first, like, governors or something of some of the places in Kentucky in the 1800s, which is why they named this one after him. Um, but this, it's a single barrel. It's 100 proof. Uh, they don't age, there's no age statement on it, but general consensus is about a nine to 10 year old whiskey. Oh, wow. Um, is what, what's the, what's the regular offering? Is that the Isaac, Isaac Bowman, Isaac Bowman port finish is there. The one you probably see on the shelves the most. Yeah. Um, yeah, every, they don't uh, like John Jay is like kind of hard to come across, right? Yeah. I don't see the, the John Jay that often, but Abraham it's even, uh, almost impossible. Yeah, even like they're all kind of, I hate using the word allocated, but they all are allocated. Low like quantity. We can't really, 
we yeah we can't really order any of them um the small batch and the port finish we typically will always have on the shelf because we get enough and not many people know about the brand um i know we're out of all of them right now but typically when we get a shipment we'll get just like two cases of each of the regular small batch and the port finish and then like one or two bottles of the single barrel yeah it's um yeah it was, it was weird because i didn't like i said it they don't put much information out about any of this stuff but the general consensus is it's buffalo trace mash bill one triple distilled and then aged for nine to ten um for the single barrel it knows it's got i mean your normal oak vanilla stuff but it's got um fruit in it like a little bit of the uh dark cherry slash orange peel notes to it um it's i've been sipping on it here since we started it's a little bit of an oily texture i'm not sure if it'll come through well but it has some pretty good legs on it um it's got a very oily uh, mouthfeel to it um which isn't bad it just sticks around a little bit uh is the, is the proof higher on that 100 100 proof um which i think the regulars are like 90 yeah and it's the first sip i thought it was a lot higher than 100 proof but now i've had a couple of sips back at it right in that 100 range i thought it drank a little bit higher than that at first but it's settling down now that it's opening up a little bit um I mean, it is a very, it's got that, fr- the fruity note that you get on the nose comes through on the palate. The, a lot of orange peel on it. Um, and overall, it the yeah, finish sticks around a little bit and just kind of gives you a small little, like not a strong hug, but uh, I don't know what a Virginia hug would be. Um, <clears throat> Most distilled not... originally in Kentucky, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think this was... 70 ish dollars in that range um it's it's pretty good um i didn't know what to expect out of this um and i know before we started i talked to jake and you said that you've heard you haven't had it but you've heard people that have had it that and thinks have some pretty good views on it i mean usually yeah i've heard good feedback from people that have said that they've tried them um I I was not aware it was a nine or ten year. I always assumed it was probably like a five or six year. But if it really is a nine or ten year, I mean, incredible value. I think we saw them for like fifty five or sixty. Um, and yeah, the, it is kind of odd how they just changed the label um, to yeah. green. Yeah, it's. I mean, Which I tip, typically like I just assume rye when I see right. green. Yeah. you know, on a label. Um, and I thought the old label was like kind of traditional and it, it looked yeah. clean and sharp and but i don't know maybe they're about to start ramping things up and and maybe it's because they are manufacturing or they're doing their own stuff now and it's not coming from buffalo trace and they decided for internally to change but they've never really said one way or the other publicly what it all is um yeah buffalo trace isn't really known for their transparency so. <laughs> yeah they it's... could care less <laughs> I, I remember when I had the Isaac Bowman port finish, I thought it was fine. It was something I was never going to buy again. Um, this would be something I would definitely pick up again if I saw it. Um, 
I don't know. I think if in that $60, $70 price range, it's still up there. But if it's a 10-year single barrel, it's not. that's not unreasonable for what asking price on it. But it's got... It's a good value. It's a... It'd be interesting to blind this versus Taylor single barrel as a Mashville one comparison to see the differences. And then also like against a Blanton's or something. That's, that's what a lot of people that I read was reading reviews on or comparing it to Blanton's. Um, but that'd be Mashville two, but uh hundred proof single barrel. It's uh it's pretty good. I'm kind of glad that Sam said, Hey, do you want this as well? And I, I hem, I, I, like I said, it was, and when I tried to do my research online in the store on my phone, every single review I saw, of course it's a single barrel. So it varies greatly from by bottle to bottle. Um, but none of them had the picture with the new label on it. So who knows, but I, I enjoyed it. This is, I'm pretty happy with the fresh pop. Nice. I guess it was a pretty good trip then that you made out, out there. Yeah, I hadn't seen Sam in a while, and I was debating if I was going to go up, and I was running some errands. I'm like, I'm only 30 minutes away at this point. Let's go see Sam. And Yeah, I haven't been out there in a long time. should go see him, too. Sorry, Jake. Sam's a lot closer than me. Plus, Sorry, plus I can't compete with all the wine. I can't, yeah, I, <laughs> I can't compete with all the wine buyers at, at Gold Eagle for, for the uh, really good stuff. So I'll... Uh, Got to, got to give my boy Sam some props. But. Uh, so Sam said that he's actually in your buying group. Yeah. Oh, the Arminetti buying group. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And he mm-hmm. gets That's he cool. gets screwed because he's in that buying group, but his store is in Marengo compared to like the Woodstocks and the other ones mm-hmm. that are. Well, so his, allocations his... have nothing to do with the buying group. The buying group is just like we all buy like hundred cases of you know Woodford instead of all okay. buying five each um so we get you know the best pricing and that helps independent stores compete with uh you know your big chain stores he was more of when he gets like like when arm and gets some of the allocated stuff his store is smaller since it's marengo so they don't send him a lot of the is it is it like named in arm and or is he just part of the group it is it is, yeah. It's an Armanetti store. Oh, an, oh, okay. So yeah, so they, so then they probably get like uh, Armanetti's probably gets like an allocation, and then they decide, yep. you know, what stores yep. get what. So yeah, that yeah. he probably does maybe lose out a little bit. The, but the Woodstock store all the time, he's like that motherfucker. He gets all the good shit, and then he marks it up way more. Yeah, like I never mm-hmm. do that. He has <laughs> that. That guy has stores. I've been to the store in Huntley and Woodstock. And they're both really nice stores and they do get all of the, they do have a lot of really good bourbons, but he'll have the Pappy 15s, the, he had a Sazerac 18, but on, he has all that stuff on a shelf with the aftermarket online price that you see on wooden cork and stuff listed there. And Sam's like, man, when I get that stuff, it goes to my, to my local or to my, to my guys that come in here all the time. I don't put that stuff out and put crazy prices, but. I mean, I'm sure stores that, especially nowadays, maybe it was different three, four years ago, but especially now the consumer knows, and I'm sure they move some of the stuff at the secondary prices. But if you're a bourbon guy and you go in there and you see that you're just going to walk out, like you're never going to go and shop there again. Um, It goes a lot further to give it to someone who's actually, you know, spending money and buying stuff off the shelf as well. And just someone like the good faith aspect of it where 
you know, if you're willing to sell it at, you know, MSRP or like, you know, small markup, like people will be more willing to come back and spend money on like the regular stuff, you know? Yeah. But yeah, no, it was a good trip, but um, yeah, I, Jake, if you get one in your store, try it sometime or I'll bring it sometime somewhere, but it's, I will. That's a good we'll one. I like to that. Do a unicorn episode with the stag soon too. Yeah, yeah. I was I was a shock. I was shocked when I saw that. It, it was it was kind of hidden, but it was enough that the gold glare from the or the light glared off the gold lettering and reflected enough. And I'm like that. Look, Jones. Yeah, I'm like that. Looks like a stag. <laughs> we'll we'll ask him about that. Well, that was we waited to the end of the day to talk to him about that. We had our drinks at the bar and then we moved on. But so Jake, back to Old Forester then for you. Back to Old Forester. Um the 117 series, which is an experimental uh series by Old Forester, and uh only sold at their gift shop and only sold in three seven five milliliter bottles. Um so let's see what the bottle says. So this is the warehouse H expression. Uh warehouse H is symbolic of Old Forester's growth after World War II. Construction on the brick warehouse began in 1946, housing 50,000 barrels. The four-story, eight-chamber warehouse was designed to be heat cycled in the winter months when temperatures dropped below 60 degrees and the maturation maturation process ceased. Warehouse H is unusual in its heat cycling profile with the first four uh, hitting the highest temperatures. So as we know with bourbon and rick houses, typically the highest floor gets the hottest in the summertime. Um, and you can even see temperature swings of 40 to 50 degrees compared to the bottom floor. Um, but Old Forester, um, all their stuff that they put out is between four and six years with the exception of birthday bourbon. And they get such a deep flavor out of under six year bourbon, mostly because they're heat cycled brick houses. So they're kind of essentially speeding up the aging process by uh, pumping hot air into the rick house, closing the windows in the winter time where you don't get a lot of extraction into the barrel. Um, and this and was mostly during the winter, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, now most of this, from what I understand, there's really not a whole lot of information on this, but from what I understand, this is pulled mostly from like the first floor barrels in that Rick house. So you're getting like the hottest barrels in the Rick house. And, um, this is, uh, I would have to line up like the 1920, in 1910 and statesmen uh to really assess this but um i mean i i thought this was really really good there's a ton of chocolate um my only complaint about this is the finish is kind of quick it kind of dissipates um mm -hmm. sooner than i would like and it was 60 bucks for a 375 milliliter so 120 bucks for a mm -hmm. full-size bottle and i think at that price i would rather just have a bottle of 1920 Okay. Yeah. What 1920 is in the $60 range ish. 60 bucks. Yeah. All day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, higher proof too. This is 98 proof. So like it, there's a ton of sweetness up front It kind of coats your mouth with like that rich cocoa, dark chocolate, um, little hint of orange and the nose just screams like 
creamy milk chocolate and yeah it is very creamy it's got some nice oily texture some nice legs um good viscosity but the finish just kind of isn't even there it just falls pretty flat pretty quick for the, um, for the proof point it does have pretty good flavor it has great flavor yeah uh-huh um yeah for something 100 under 100 proof i usually don't get this much flavor um but we just uh we did the fox and odin tasting last night and those are all between 95 and 100 proof and i thought those all uh had a much longer finish and if not more flavor than this yeah i, I think we're gonna do that next week um mm. we've got samples to give to dan I'll, so yeah i'll save my so. comments on that um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I don't thought those were all really all good. Our content for next week. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess with the fresh pops, it's it's always difficult. Um, whiskeys, the last few years, the prices of whiskey has gone way up. Because, I mean, we talked about it when we did like a value episode, and it's hard to go under $35 anymore. Um, where in the past five years ago, there's a lot of stuff you get up for $25 that was really good. Um, but it seems like the price points keep going up. We drank, so all three of us drank something that was at minimum 60, 70 bucks, um, for a bottle of something we've never tried before. I think one thing I've done a better job of the past year in my whiskey purchasing habits is trying to test some of these bottles before I buy them, before I spend 60 bucks on them. Um, because at that point it's 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 an investment. I mean, it's going to be around for a little bit, but uh, I pre- that's why I like stores like like Jake, like Gold Eagle or Sam's, where they have a tasting bar and they're putting stuff out that you can try all the time. Because there's so much whiskey out there, and there's so much good whiskey out there, but anymore you're spending a decent chunk of money on it. And the the past of buying a random bottle for forty or fifty dollars and hoping it's good are kind of over. It's most of the, and even even the new brands that are coming out are hitting the 60 70 80 90 dollar range for four year bourbons. Oh, um, yeah, yeah I was going to say distillery prices are are much higher than you know a lot of the established brands and it's probably just a volume thing, you know, primarily. Um definitely a volume like, thing and definitely just a ton of money put up up front and they're scrambling to recoup that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend, go ahead. I was just going to add on to that, that, um, just for the average listener, like there are plenty of under $30 bottles that you can find that are really nice. Uh, Evan Williams, bottle and bond, wild Turkey, one Oh one old granddad, one fourteen, and bonded. Mm -hmm. Um, I could keep going all day with that list. Old tub is really good. Um, try it in the blind. You'll be surprised. I I never would have tried that. Uh, uh, before like we did that Jim Beam blind tasting, yeah, at, at Gold Eagle, I never would have bought a bottle of Old Tub. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was actually but yeah, like, pretty damn good. <laughs> to to find something new that's a newer brand, um, or something you may not have heard of or tried before, and find a bottle for under thirty bucks, that is kind of next to impossible these days. Yeah, yeah. it's. And but like even like the old Granddad one fourteen, I can't find that. I can't even find old Granddad one hundred anymore. Like the old it's, Granddad one fourteen has been getting tough to find. Old we, we we just got a big shipment of old Granddad, and yeah, the one fourteen is 
definitely not always on the shelf. Um, but it's, it's not like a, a Weller where it just snap yeah. up a finger and it's gone. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that's, I know it sucks with like, especially for you, Jake, the Wellers and stuff like that, that are retail 25, 30 bucks that go so quick. But there's a reason too, is they're a $30 whiskey that you know is going to be pretty damn good. It's not going to hold like, you, I like how when you do your blind tastings and they lose to other things because it's nice mm-hmm. to get people to shut the F up every once in a while. But at the same point, it's a lot of those, it's hard to beat for the the price range on those low priced ones. There's a lot of hype. And there's a lot of marketing that goes behind it. Yes, That's they're true. good. I'm not going to sit here and tell you Weller is a bad bourbon. Um, but yeah, I th- a lot of it is definitely the name and the hype. If you took that exact same bourbon, put it into a different bottle, put it on the shelf. Yeah. Um, there, there was a guy that came through last week and he was like, you got any good weeded bourbons? And I showed him the Green River weeded. Um, and he's like, yeah, but it doesn't say Weller's on it. <laughs> and he just passed. <laughs> like yeah. literally, do you want me to put a sticker yeah. on that says Wellers? Will you buy it then? <laughs> he said it as plural too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. He's a, he's a Chicago guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's a Chicago guy. Got to pluralize. Of course, it. of course. Think, uh, yeah. Last week, me and Dan both said that the Green River was better than Special Reserve. No, I didn't say that. I, I didn't like Green River that much. I thought Green River was better than straight straight makers, but I wasn't a big fan of the Green River weeded. Dan, you didn't hear it was such a close result in our blind. It was like twenty five votes to twelve. Seven. Like, yeah. It was only twelve votes off. Yeah, it's close. <laughs> it was halfway there. It was so close. Um but no, no, I, the, I, it's I not think, as I didn't think it was bad, but I didn't think it stood out for me. Cause like I really like the Green River bourbon. Um and at the $35 price point, I thought the Green River bourbon was great. And maybe it's because I had high expectations for it and it didn't quite meet them. Um, but I thought it was more in a class of a maker's mark versus the Weller or the Old Elks and things like that. For yeah, I've just, I I've found Green River over the over Weller. I think I would too, over Special Reserve. And I found with Weller, um, it actually does decently well in blind tastings. And that's just because it's so soft and yeah. creamy. Um, and it just kind of coats your mouth and there's really no burn, but it still has a little bit of flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the green river is definitely not as soft, uh, for someone who likes lower proof and just smooth whiskeys, they're going to pick the Weller nine times out of 10. Um, but it's, I think it has, it definitely has more flavor. You can taste the grain a little bit more. You can taste the barrel a little bit more. Um, maybe it's not as balanced as Weller. But you can definitely, there's for sure more flavor there. Um, so it just kind of depends on what you're looking for. Yeah, when there's you're definitely some, a little bit of complexity that you could pick out on the Green River that like just isn't there on a Weller. Um, like I got a little bit of that like wheat spice in the Green River that's just like absolutely not present in the Weller whatsoever, um, which I, I, I appreciate that like some like nuance to it. Cause like, yeah. For me, like I'm, I, I said it in the last episode, I'm not a big fan of weeded bourbons in general um, because I think they are too soft overall. Um, so, like, whenever there's that like little nuance, it it gets me interested. 
Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like a young proof down old elk. We did bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say one of the most fun things about buying a random bottle and then cracking the top of it and, and drinking it is it's kind of like a gamble. And when it pays off, you're really happy with it. Cause right now I just poured myself a third round um, of this and it's becoming very dangerous quickly because it's got a f- nice, beautiful finish on it, but it like, doesn't, it's, it's not like when those, some of those salsas get way too spicy where you got to take a break from it. This is just kind of like, nah, keep coming back to me. Yeah. And it's, I'm happy with this. Yeah. I know uh, it's a little different for me having a liquor store and getting to taste most of the stuff before, you know, I bring it home to my personal collection. Um, but I do think there is something special about seeing a bottle that you think is going to be really good. Um, whatever it is, the, the bottle shape, the marketing, um, some review that you read, um, and just taking it home and kind of taking a chance on it and letting it open up, seeing how it changes as it gets some air, seeing how it changes as you, you know, taste it a couple times. Um, that's something that I've always, since the beginning of my whiskey days have always enjoyed doing is kind of exploring a bottle, um, and taste profile, just blocking out all the reviews and everything and just diving into it one-on-one. Yeah. Uh, I just had to read the little pamphlet that came with this, this bottle. They give you like a little pamphlet that's like info on it. Um, But like one of the things it says is that they barrel between 110 and 116 proof, um, which is interesting um, because I actually just got this uh, Woodford barrel uh, or uh, what is it? A hundred proof and barrel entry. Um, And it's basically the same plate flavor profile as Woodford, like the normal Woodford reserve. It's just like dialed up to 11 with the same like ethanol content. Um, So it's, you tried that really. Yeah. It's really interesting. I'll bring you a sample because it's, how does it, I mean, the way, the way they describe it, um, it makes me think of, it'll taste like this 117 old Forester. Yeah, so it's, it, it's a lot like normal wood for reserve. It's just, everything's amped up. Um, like in, in terms of like the actual flavor notes, um, which I think you can kind of attribute to the fact that they don't need to add as much water. At, at, at the end, bottling. they added they right. added before it goes in the barrel and they don't yeah. put much and in like, there. That's the we'll get into it uh, next week. But Fox and Odin proofs down in the barrel during aging, um, which and think, doing uh, the brandy method also does that right? Yeah, where they're very slowly adding water instead yeah. of dumping. Yeah. Instead of doing the math, adding all the water at once, they're over a couple months slowly mm-hmm. blending in that water, which makes a huge difference yeah absolutely from the stuff that i've tried definitely like the i was a huge fan of the rye and we'll get into it because believe Mm -hmm. me (laughs) shocker jake's a a fan of the rye i'm a i'm a cash drink drinker but those those distilleries that slowly proof down like the brandy style method i i tend to like their lower proof offerings better than their cash strength offerings so that's all i'll say on that until next week but for sub 100 proof whiskeys they were excellent 
Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the water that they do add really takes on the flavor profile of the barrel and the whiskey during that slow proofing process. Um, so I'd actually be interested to see if Kings County does something similar or if it's just that lower barrel entry uh, proof that kind of helps develop that. Like with working at a distillery, just thinking how many more barrels you would have to buy and how much more cost is involved to put stuff in a barrel at such a low proof is is mind-blowing right now. That's a yeah, lot. As, of as, a, as a small distillery, it probably doesn't really make sense at all. But yeah, I mean, I mean if either if way, I mean, Woodford, of, yeah, but just the amount of money on smart. barrels. Yeah, you, the, it's just so many more barrels. And I mean, it's not like it's, you're going to get the money out on the back end, but it's just like, man, the amount of proof gallons you're putting in <laughs> is so small compared to putting it in a barrel at 120 or 115 or 110 proof. It's big difference. Mm-hmm. But, well, uh, since Dan ended it on an awkward silence. Ah. Uh, <laughs> You guys could have said something. Well, we, we've been going for like two hours on these episodes, so I think we need to give the listener a little a little break. I got a 45-minute commute to work, so when they're 45 minutes, it's perfect. You live 45 minutes away from the store? Now I do, yeah. Oh, that's right. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a pretty pretty decent commute. And honestly, like I love my commute. Like it kind of gets me pumped up. I always put on a bourbon podcast on the way. Um, but yeah, when they're like an Not hour long and bourbon pursuit, I hope. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I had something about them until we get recognition for it. <laughs> I had I had something shitty to say about the one I was listening to this morning, but I don't know if I want to blast them on a live recording. <laughs> oh, I've already I've already talked so much. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was just they were they were talking about the they were talking about like the liquor laws and their. Uh, so it was uh, there was a lawsuit filed in California with like independent stores saying that um, the big box stores were getting better pricing and like they didn't know that that was illegal or whatever. Um, and like as a store owner, and I think as most people in the in who are super into the industry um, know, like it's it's for sure illegal to offer one store um, a better price than another store. And I don't think they got that they were probably maybe offered the same. They they were trying to, they were talking about like buying one case for buying 50 cases, like how any industry you're going to get a better price when you buy 50 cases. Um, But the whole point was, yeah, bulk is always cheaper, which is fine. But the whole point of this was that the bulk price was, uh, wasn't even close to what this other big store was selling the product for. So like the bulk price, the deepest discount price was more expensive than what this big chain retailer was selling the product for. So obviously there was some sort of backdoor deal going on to, for them to offer it, you know, lower than the deepest price that the distributor offers. Sorry, that probably was a little jumbled in the way I said it, but, um, but yeah, it got me a little fired up. So I'm like, how do you not know that? Like, I want to jump on your podcast right now and correct you and fix this. And... Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's not even like that's like I I'm not you know a industry expert, but like if you go to Sam's Club, it's cheaper than if you go to 
you know, a normal supermarket because mm-hmm. they're buying in huge quantities. Like it's, it's a normal price break thing for quantity. You know, like I think most people should be aware of that. Um, right. But, like, but the thing was, yeah, it was, the, well, the, the illegal part is that they were undercutting so much at the larger right. stores that they were, not, they were undercutting to the smaller stores. Yeah. They were undercutting the deepest discount price that you could possibly get. So even if you did buy the biggest deal possible, you still would be paying more than what this chain store was selling the product for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which seems so, kind of in, insane. Cause like, how's the distributor even making money there? I mean, <laughs> They have a big, all these brands have a big marketing budget and it's kind of known in the industry that every once in a while, a case might fall off the truck and into your back door and you can run a better price on that. Um, it, it, 10 years ago, that probably happened all the time. It doesn't really happen that much anymore. Um, but I'm sure that's probably what was going on there in California with, uh, big uh grocery store that was undercutting the distributor yeah yeah which in other industries it's not illegal but with liquor there's there's pretty strict laws and well that's because uh, there's a lot of tax dollars involved in it. yeah right mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a big no the government's no. government's not going to lose any tax dollars yeah we're not we're not talking a thousand bags of chips versus 50 yeah. bags of chips this is liquor so mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, Jake, glad to have you back. Eh, kind of. Half of us are glad to have you back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you guys just had the Fox and Odin tasting. What else do you guys have coming up at Gold Eagle? Um, we've got actually, so if anyone's in a single malt, we have two very, very interesting single malt master classes coming where uh, one of them, the master blender is flying over from uh, Scotland. And then the next one, one of the two founders of Filey Bay, which is Yorkshire's first single malt whiskey, um, is going to fly over and do a master class with us. Um, and those, honestly, the, the bourbon ones, the whiskey ones, American whiskey are a ton of fun, but um, I learned the most with the overseas brands. Um, just seems like they, they're more passionate, maybe, especially when like an owner is coming from the distillery mm-hmm. to talk about it. Um, versus just uh, a brand manager or, you know, market manager. Um, so we've got some pretty cool uh, masterclass tastings coming up. Obviously, there's always some good barrel picks in the works that are coming. I think we have like 15 or 20 barrel picks floating out there right now that we're just waiting on getting delivered. So stay tuned for those. Um, but, yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, typical typical stuff going on. And the nice thing is those those ones from overseas are on Wednesdays, so maybe I'll make the venture back into the suburbs. Yeah, the the only time I make an exception is when to our Tuesday tastings is when someone special from out of market is going to be here, and that's the only day that they can do it. Well, so it just I'm special and I'm not in. Wednesdays. I'm special and I'm not in market, so I feel like you did hey, it for me. So. If if you guys want to do a Whiskey Acres one on a Wednesday night, I will make an <laughs> exception for you guys to come and do a Whiskey Acres one. Sounds good. And uh, yeah, Jake, inter- uh, do all of our plugs. Sorry, well, I was taking a sip. It's outside of the realm of our podcast, but uh, May 2nd, there's going to be a blind agave tasting. Ooh, yeah. And that's non-additive 
uh, tequilas and mezcals, correct? All agave spirits, yeah, and certified non-additive, which is definitely becoming a big deal um, with, I mean, last year was the first year where agave spirits have passed whiskey sales in the U.S. Um, And what a lot of people don't realize is with tequila, you can say 100% agave on the label, but it only has to be 99%. You can add liquid sugar, you can add a sweetener. Um, So most of the big tequila brands are adding something that really we shouldn't be consuming Um, and it makes the tequila or agave spirit taste better. Um, But there's kind of a big wave and movement right now about um, non-additive and, uh, you know, tequila houses, um, you know, promoting that they're non-additive because you will hardly ever find it on the label um, until very recently. So, yeah. Sounds like they need a bottle and bond act. Yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. They really do. So yeah, go to that one. Um, It'll be fun. I'll be there. Apparently I'm a local celebrity because I got recognized this week. He did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear about that, Dan? I I, I am actually shocked that I have not heard about that yet. Like I, I, I'm surprised my phone didn't blow up like right away. Now that you said that, like Jake, normal- Jake walked in, and then someone, so Jake walked in, and then someone was like, "Oh, you're the guy from Bourbon Matters, aren't you?" Yeah. Like the only guy there. Uh, uh, what was his name? It was either Mark or Mike. Oh my God! You're such a celebrity. This guy can't remember his name. He knew me. I have no idea who the hell he is. I'm hoping he. I hope he watches this on YouTube. And the next time he walks in, he just flicks you off and says nothing. And I hope I'm there for it. I think. I think his name was Matt. If he's listening, shout out. But um, but yeah, that was <laughs> Matt, that. Mike, Mark. If your name starts with an M, M. Yeah, 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 four letter M. <laughs> but no, that was it. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was fun. No one else has done yeah. that to me. So <laughs> if you're if you're listening or watching, no one else ever do that again, please. Everybody <laughs> always asks about the whiskey acres guy. <laughs> <laughs> or they're like, oh, I miss Roberto. <laughs> we all miss oh, Roberto. Like... <laughs> pour pour some out for Roberto. <laughs> yeah, next time we record on like uh thursday if we ever are forced to again we should get him back in yeah we should i'll have one coming up i'll, I'll be working a thursday day shift again so okay or maybe yeah, maybe, maybe these uh yeah the wednesday master classes maybe we do a, a thursday or a monday even that week yeah he can always fill in for me too all right but. um so i will cover the socials because dan i don't like to work uh so find us at bourbon matters on instagram uh, and look for us on facebook uh you can find us on youtube um you can now watch us on spotify uh or listen um and then we're also available on all other podcast platforms to listen audio only nice awesome well guys that was fun to try some new things um i'm probably gonna Drink another one of these off off air next. Yeah, this is I'm good, actually good glad. So, I so what Dan's bottle. saying is that's really good. On my shelf. Yeah, I a long time, and I like was waiting to open it, and today gave me an excuse, and I actually really like this one. 
Nice. This one kind of has. I'm going to compare this to sea salt and vinegar chips for me because I, for some reason, I don't like sea salt and vinegar chips. But every time I open a bag of sea salt and vinegar chips, I can't stop eating them. Why do you like it? <laughs> it it's weird. Is is like just has that attraction where like that flavor keeps bringing me back, and it's this is really good. So, all right, guys, it's good to see you again. Glad we're all back. Yep. Cheers. Cheers. Of course. Cheers.